Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to our episode called DBP Utopia Wine Country, because I mean, where else would our be imagined state of perfection, but wine country, but wine country. Yeah. We must be there. It, it, it is perfection. That's where I want. I want to die in wine country. Should, should you like <laughs> live there before you die there? I mean, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we should just move there now. But you know how everyone's like, Ooh, scatter the ashes. Yeah. In wine country. That has to be good for the soil, right? <laughs> Organic farming. <laughs> oh my god, that's so gross. Okay. <laughs> hey everyone. Uh, We've had a great week. Yeah. We have had a busy one. Yeah, so I I um I'm excited as always about this wine, but Well, and I, I think this is a fun topic because it's a little bit more about our Wine travels. Yes. We're talking about wine country and our tips on what we think are good things to do when you visit wine country and maybe, you know, some advice on what not to do. Yeah. Cause there's so much stuff that exists. And I know that when I was planning my trip, my recent trip to Napa, I was like, there is, I, I've read everything and I'm like, I want to do everything. How can I possibly it's do It's very everything? overwhelming. It is. There's so many wineries, especially in Napa, like there's so many wineries to go to and there's so many good ones and you just don't know what's consumer friendly and like, yeah. And you're like, how do I choose? How do, where do I start? How do I, how do I get there? How far are they from each other? Do I need a reservation? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we hope to get to all of that. I think we will. Yes. Yeah. So (laughs) the wine we're drinking today and we're about to pop it open is Utopia from from Willamette Valley. Willamette. Damn it. Willamette. Damn it. That's because I always say it wrong, so that's our way of remembering it. Willamette Valley. I, yeah. It's, yeah. damn, it's the easiest In place. Oregon. Um, and you picked this up when you went there. I did. Yep. It's a Pinot Noir Rosé. It's a 2016, so I was there last year, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. And guys, this color, it's on this wine. It's beautiful. And this is what attracted me to this wine and why I wanted to bring it home too, is because I'm not, I am very picky about rosés and this one's a very dark rosé. So freaking dark. I thought when I held the bottle that it was actually like a Cabernet Sauvignon rosé. Yeah. Or no. a Grenache no. or something like that. But this is so dark and it's so interesting. And normally we say we use our labels to judge our wines for the podcast, but this is like... Well, it's also kind of perfect because it's utopia, but the color is stunning. And for me, this deep color indicates it's going to be a very lovely flavor. Well, I think you should crack it open so okay. that we can find out sooner okay. than later. Because <laughs> we're ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. But um, there's also, I noticed that there is a phone number on this cork. I'm like, is this like yeah. a la, uh, I just broke a nail. Uh, is this a la uh, Reckless Love? I, I I don't think it's 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 probably not the winemaker. The same uh, concept, but oh nice. So the owners, <laughs> oh so pretty. Oh sorry, so pretty. 
Uh, so the owner's name is Danielle Warnshuis. Warnshuis? Is that a female? Saying? Danielle. Oh. <laughs> Did I say Danielle? Yeah. Oh, no, I meant Danielle. That's okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I haven't even had wine yet. Cheers. Cheers. Let's make it happen. Cheers. Mmm. <laughs> it doesn't taste like a rosé, right? Not really. I mean, with rosé, I feel it's going to be extremely light, almost just... I was going to say super crisp. I actually feel like this is pretty crisp. It's like, but it is not a rosé. There's definitely more flavor, more aromas that are in the glass mm-hmm. too. I get like candy apple on the tongue Do you and a sm- little bit of cherry. It's quite smooth. It's got a heavier mouthfeel than normal rosé does. So this is interesting to me because mm-hmm. like Pinot Noir, by the way, happy belated Pinot Noir day. Yes. Happy Happy belated belated. Pinot Noir Day. So we're a week late, but that's okay. (laughs) We had to bring you the man. Uh, But so Pinot Noir is like typically, and we're not going to get super into Pinot Noir itself right now, but it normally has like a thinner, it's like a light to medium body red wine. And so it's so funny because this as a rosé almost feels more, if I were to characterize rosés in a completely separate uh, way. This feels like a medium-bodied rosé because I feel like typical rosés are much lighter than this. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's and it, like I said, it has a heavier mouthfeel, which I'm not used to with rosé. Rosé, I feel like, is usually a lot lighter uh, mouthfeel. But um, it's... <laughs> you kinda... I'm just not sure. There is something that I'm smelling that I cannot... Pinpoint, it's almost like perfumey, like it is perfumey. It's is per, that ethanol-y? It's is that, but okay, you know, like you can kind of smell like a, a when you put perfume on that it's mm-hmm. like slightly alcoholic. Yeah, right. I this feel is like, a thirteen point eight percent ABV. Wow, that's that's high for that's rose. Really- yeah. So the winemaker says that. Yes. It is has soft, subtle aromas of cherry, strawberry, watermelon, and raspberries with spicy notes on the finish. Cool, crisp, and dry mm. would be delightful with a fresh goat cheese salad. Oh, yeah. Or a festive crab feed on the beach. I don't even know a what that crab is. crab feed? Yeah. What are we? Horses? I am Horse not sure what like that is. A trough? Like, I picture a trough. Yeah. Um... I'm not sure that I'm feeling spices at the end. I don't know if I would be drinking this with crab. I don't know. Actually, I oh, I should have done this with sushi last night, but... Um, it does have a little bit of spicy. Do you think so? Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling it, but actually on the finish, it feels, you said smooth, and I feel like, you know, like when you finish like swallowing like a piece of watermelon, you just... Like watermelon is in there in a note. I don't get a huge overwhelming sense, but I feel like it's like... Cool and refreshing. Like I get the you. strawberry. Yeah. And the cherry. Cherry for sure. But the can- I get candy apple. On the nose. Yeah. yeah. Positively. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to keep drinking it and drinking it. It's it's at some point I must stop. Well, when the <laughs> bottle is empty. I don't have any more. <laughs> and then we open another one. But uh, anyway. it's I I liked it a lot. I think it's very interesting. I think it's um when did you go? I went a year ago. But and, like what or season? Less than a year ago, last October. Okay. Yeah. So it was, you know, during, you know, they had just harvested and all that yeah. good stuff. But 
Um, it was it was temperate out there. It was warm, like not too cold, but um, you know, warm enough to maybe just wear a long sleeve. We had a very light jacket at some points, but yeah, I mean, you know, this was. I have to be honest. This was yes. the last winery that I visited. Always a tricky thing to yep. judge wines at your last winery yep. for the day. But I do remember sitting there and thinking of you the whole time. You texted me. I know, because I was like, oh my God, this is a dark <laughs> rosé, and it doesn't actually taste like rosé. It's so interesting. Because Sarah and I have had problems with rosé. Yeah. We're like, oh. We're like, it's too thin. It's too yes. thin. And I'm like, this is not thin. Or it tastes so like. So I had to get a bottle. Yeah. And we just found out that their shipping is only $9.99. I still, I cannot believe that. And I'm curious so if I might it's be like, buying a couple you might more be buying a couple more bottles. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, what's available is 2017. Mm-hmm. But they have like a very interesting, uh, well, first of all, we were talking a little bit about um, sort of the other wines that they have. They seem to be Pinot heavy. Well, it's. All of Lamet Valley is yes. like Pinot it's, Haven. It's literally, it's Pinot Haven. Which is so interesting because Pinot is so, I mean, from what we hear, like challenging to grow. Uh, it's because of the, the latitude, 45 oh, degrees it? latitude. Oh. It's like the perfect, it's like where Burgundy is. It's the mm. perfect. That's right. I think you've said <clears throat> that before. Yeah. yeah. So it's the perfect growing um, area for Pinot. It's like Pinot heaven. And literally every vineyard we went to, and we'll kind of get into when we talk, get into our topic a little more, but every vineyard we went to was Pinot, 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 Pinot. Like you're not really getting much more, you know, like I think they may also make like a Riesling and um Yeah, I think we saw that, like a late harvest uh, Riesling. So definitely not up our alley, but whatever. A Riesling and a Chardonnay or something like that. Oh yeah, Chard and Viognier too. Yeah, but that's like, there's so many vineyards we went to where they're like, we have five different kinds of Pinot. Like that's it. So very different from Napa when you're like tasting a bunch of stuff, you know, like you're going there and it's very, and so it's interesting to go from one vineyard to another and only taste Pinot. Well, cause it's like when you sit down and just like try to do a, you know, a varietal mm-hmm. tasting, if you will. Right. Cause we've done right. that before with our friends and it's. I think it's really nice because then it helps you cultivate a sense of yeah what to expect from said grape, especially like if you do like different regions. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It seems that I think that's fun that they kind of, it's like pushing Pinot like in Willamette Valley. And I feel like in Napa where I just was, everyone's pushing cab. Well, because the growing, the growing area, again, it's perfect yeah. for Pinot in Washington. You got to go for or in Oregon. Sorry. You got to go for your yes, climate and the altitude and, work with that. and the, and again, the 45 degrees latitude. That is like, like the perfect place to grow Pinot. Yeah. And so it, it just works really, really well there. And we'll kind of, I think, talk more about that in a different podcast. Cause I think it's a very interesting subject. Oh, for sure. Um, and comparing like the, if we took a Pinot from Burgundy and a Pinot from Oregon mm-hmm. and like comparing the different Pinots, even though they're grown on the same latitude you know so because that i think you could chalk up to more about like the soils the soils the terroir like exactly you can't really replicate that in either area right but anyways so i just thought it was really interesting that um i hadn't been we hadn't been to any vineyards that had a rosé oh no this is the first rosé that first rosé in the in the last winery yeah yeah and so (laughs) 
I'm going to be really honest. I don't remember their pinos. Their their regular pinos very well. That's okay. <laughs> this one stuck out. But this one stuck out and I was like, "Oh my god." So, I probably will order some more. It's it's this pretty is good. Yummy. This yeah. is a good this is a good rosé. And I know that we've been drinking some more rosés together. Yeah, and you know what? I feel like it's I think it would pair really well with food. Like I do get the goat cheese. I think I see oh, the goat cheese salad. I think that would so be amazing. Good. Um but do you feel like there's like some sort of okay, maybe this is just me from like having like seen like the orange wine or like having the orange but batich or uh, whatever wine. Batich. But I feel like there's a little bit of that. And I don't know if that's because perhaps to make this ro- this rosé so dark that there was a little bit of extra skin contact with uh-huh. it mm-hmm. than normally. You know, not, obviously not enough to make it a legit Pinot Noir, but I don't know. I I just feel like there's... I feel like this, some of the sense, and I, this is where I'm like really blanking on like how to describe the aromas, but I feel like there's like a connection between like the orange wine from Slovenia versus this. Oh, it's I don't really know. Nice. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I'm so glad that, that you waited to open this with me. Yeah. Thank of you. Of course. This was like the Jamie wine. Not that like half my wines are, but... <laughs> <laughs> I know. This one really, really was like yeah. the Jamie wine. So given that, you know, and especially for the season, we're in the middle of summer. It's a great time. To, you know, sometimes you just want something cooler and like, yeah. and that's, I struggle with sometimes like, okay, I want something cooler, but I really don't want a white, know. you know, kind of really want a red. And so like, you I think something this is better a to good, transition with. Right? Yeah. I think yeah. this is a really good one because yeah. it kind of has that. So I probably will be ordering a few bottles here soon. Now, have you, I just out of curiosity, have you seen this one like utopia wines at all in the wine shops? No, you won't. You won't. It's strictly really. from like their shop. Well, I don't really know exactly where they sell it, but it's a boutique winery there. Gotcha. They only produce a few hundred cases of wine each year. Oh, um, <laughs> that makes me curious about, I'm surprised that they don't charge even more for some of their wines. I know. Well, I mean, this one was $27, which is not bad. No. A lot of their other wines are much more expensive. Yeah. But um, even still for that being such small production, mm-hmm. I'm, I am surprised. Yeah. Although I'm sure it's a lot cheaper. Well, at least cheaper to grow up. And like I there. said, shipping, I mean, 10 bucks to ship one to six bottles is like, I mean, nothing. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so uh, a little more, they, they work, this segues a little bit off of one of our other recent episodes mm-hmm. about sustainability and mm-hmm. they're like, they hand harvest all of their grapes. Yes. All of them. Yep. With a tr- very trained, uh, specialized crew and handpick through like everything. Yeah. So uh, because you were there during harvest, like, do you remember, did you see any, like, did they show well, I think any it was after things? harvest. Was it after? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we I wasn't sure like where much. in the process it might be. Cause stuff gets, yeah. maybe that Riesling was still on the vines, but uh, again, hmm. my recall with that winery, it was at the end of the day <laughs> of a very long wine tasting day, which we'll, like I said, we'll kind of get into, but, um, but they do one thing that we saw that was really interesting was that the total time from the moment when a grape cluster is picked mm-hmm. until it arrives at the winery is less than an hour. How the hell do they manage that? I mean, that is quick as shit, dude. Like, uh, they have to be like getting in and out, golf carts running through the vines like every ten minutes. 
because from when you like these vineyard lines are not from what I saw. I imagine Willamette Valley is very similar, but yeah, they're not like super short rows and you can't, I'm sure that you can become efficient, but Mm -hmm. hand harvesting takes a lot of time. And then they throw them into bins that these harvesters then carry over to the truck. Yeah. So like, this is just amazing to me. (laughs) It's it's pretty damn amazing. And they do, they do a fantastic thing. And I am, Again, I don't really know how much how widespread this is, but it says that once the fruit arrives, they they temperature control everything because they don't want the fermentation to begin too early, especially yep. as the grapes start to pile up, you know, in their containers. What about their Euro Select destemmer? Yeah, I, saw, I I had to look that. I wanted to look this up. <laughs> Not I had to. I was like so curious because Utopia's website to. was like going on and on about this like Euro Select destemmer, and I was like, is this like the magic? of the business like what's happening it has like okay so what i saw on the website for the euro stemmer or euro select mm-hmm. it has like fake fingers almost and so these fingers they're flexible right so they're not going to crush the grapes okay um but like as they go through it like sort of like combs them out and like plucks them off of the stemmer now i could have watched a video i did not watch the that's video. kind of amazing i mean to think about I would be really nervous and that you would lose a lot of fruit. How much does it cost? Oh, I couldn't find that. I wonder what the cost is of the machine to the cost of labor. I know, right? How would you get your ROI back? From charging... Well, one of their bottles was like 85. No, I mean, you're like... forget. Oh, on the December... Oh, Uh, versus if you paid somebody to manually do Exactly. Like, how how many years would that actually... Ooh. I don't know because I guess the other question is do they own it? I mean, so they probably do own it because you said they've been around since, what did you, 2006? I think 2006. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So they've established themselves. You said it's like, it's a boutique winery, but so what else, what else do you find about them that is like- Interesting? Yes. Like extremely like, just kind of draws you to them. So (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Okay. Again- the level of inebriation that I was at at the point where we were at this winery, I had to do my own research like recently to <laughs> to, to actually to, like get into it to remember okay the winery itself okay so I didn't learn this, this there because they probably told me but I was too <laughs> drunk to understand <laughs> or okay. remember. But a good segue from our recent podcast on like um, Art of Earth and you know organic and sustainable wine growing. Yes. They are a sustainable uh, winery. They oh, are okay. something called Live Certified L I V E Capitals. Does that mean for something specifically? Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So basically what it is, is they, um, it's a certification that you can get and it's, it's primarily in the Pacific Northwest wineries, but it, it, Oh really? Yeah. That's where it started. And I think that those are the wineries that really get that certification from live, but it meets international standards for sustainable and yeah, for sustainable. That's impressive. Yeah. Sustainable winemaking. So they have this. So that means that, you know, 
all our wines are sustainably grown and they're certified and yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool given what we've learned about mass production and things that they can add. I I mean, also they're again, very small. They don't make that much wine. So I'm sure it's a little bit not easy, but more manageable to be doing these practices when you're making, you know, a small amount of wine. Well, sure. Because you have, I mean, consider that, well, I don't know because you probably have a smaller plot. Like I know some wineries actually have like vineyards spread all over the place and they have like a state Pinot Noirs or whatever. And it's like from like one particular vineyard, or if it's like something that's like across the entire, uh, like all of their vineyards, Mm -hmm. like you get like different flavors from like the different terroir. Like it could still be in Oregon in Willamette Valley, but it still could be a different soil and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in a Valley or on a, the top of at the top of the hill in a right. or something. So and that's going to give you some differentiation. So you're right. It probably is easier to kind of figure out like what you're going to come to and uh, or what you're going to get versus what you want and creating what you want via all of these other things that you can do. But so <laughs> one other thing that we saw on their website, I know, it said that they use the indigenous yeast, which uh-huh. I know that we talked about in our in our. Um, Art of Earth uh, episode, um, the Art of Earth Pinot Grigio a couple episodes ago. So that, I mean, I think that that just gives a little bit more, I don't know, like homegrown feeling rather than oh, yeah. just saying like, I'm going to pick this out of a catalog and I don't care and it's like, really, what it does. Like I would imagine that that contributes to the flavor. And it's very cool that like you go to this boutique winery, you enjoy their wine, then you know about it and you can order from them directly oh, versus God. like... Not, I love my wine stores, but like it is really cool to have that experience and to know where your wine actually comes from. And then, oh, yeah, to be like, this isn't mass produced. Like, no one around me probably has this. Right. And that's the other cool thing because it makes it even more special, like when you share mm-hmm. it with someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I felt that way after my recent trip. And so I think that, you know, it, while I like to see familiar things on the shelves at wineries, you know, it is very, uh, I'll say over, it can be overwhelming to like, look at that and walk in and be like, Oh my God, I don't know what to pick. Yeah. And this is not, I'm not sharing this with like the random that comes over that doesn't appreciate wine. Like this is for like, <laughs> you're exactly how I am. <laughs> We're very specific. I, when I went to Napa, I thought I bought a wine specifically for you because I was like, Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I was like, oh yeah. So no, I, I love this. I bought this wine and I'm like, this is for Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to drink this together. It's going to be amazing. DVP so- love. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Cheers to, to my wine wife. <laughs> yes. We're wine wives. We're wine wives. Uh, mm. Wine wives live in the DVP lives. Um, should cool. we do the name That's thing? Like- Oh do you my want to do God. the name thing? Guys, this was so effing cool. I suppose I could have said So that. Utopia wants us to wants people to help them name their newest release. It's a Pinot Noir Blanc. Maybe everyone's like us and we we're like, what the hell is a white Pinot Blanc? Or like a white Pinot Pinot Noir. Because you're like, isn't that a Pinot Blanc? Isn't that Pinot Gris? Or Pinot Gris or something. Right. You're like, what the hell? The answer is Tell me. No. Tell me. So not that this came directly from Utopia, but it is published through Wine Enthusiast Magazine. There's an article about it and they're like, what the, like, this is apparently now like a, 
slow. It's not, it's not a huge uptick, but it's like slowly, you know, you're going to see a little more out in the market. And what one winemaker says, okay. um, he says, I picked the grapes at champagne ripeness much earlier than for rosé. It is also pressed like champagne grapes, using okay. only the first 80% of the juice and pressing whole cluster with no skin contact. So I almost think, and this actually makes me think that they use a bladder press, which is, uh, it uses the balloons. I think I mentioned this on an earlier one, but it uses balloons to kind of like slowly add pressure to Oh my God, all I can think is someone slowly adding pressure to my bladder and that sounds awful. Yeah, that's, ba- yeah, think about it like that. Because that's <laughs> basically, it's like forcing the juice out of it in like, without crushing anything, right? So it's like, it, it tries to keep the integrity of the skin so that that, like any tannins and things like that aren't really like imparted on it. But so I remember when I was in Napa, there was a, a Pinot, oh shit. Now I can't remember what it was called. It, but I had uh, sparklings from Gloria Ferrer. Okay. And like every single sparkling that we had, except one of them, was a blend of Chardonnay, which is standard, I think, and Pinot Noir. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, well, there's not Pinot Noir in here. This is like purely white wine colored. Like there was not even a hint but then, of blushness. But then you found out that it can happen. And then I found out. That it could happen. And she mentioned the bladder press, but she didn't really, like, say too much. The girl who we were yeah. uh, talking to there, she didn't really describe too much of the process. But this whole thing about using only the first 80% of the juice, you're going to get, you're going to avoid having any of those extra tannins and extra flavors from maybe any remaining stems that might be in there. There's obviously there. no maceration. No. No, there's not. And, um, <laughs> I just but yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's. It's very cool, and I never, I have not seen that. So now I actually kind of want to be on the lookout for that, and maybe that's something that we can look into, like in a future, yeah, like no, down the road I, episode like I next year. I would really like to try some. Yeah, because yeah. it says versions of white Pinot Noir are not as rare as you might believe. So I have to think that it's around. Um, yeah, I, it's it's around. Uh, I really want to try that. So I'm going to be on the lookout. Hold tight for a future mm-hmm. episode. But this, yeah, Utopia is making one. Yeah, and okay, so they want us to help name their new Pinot Noir Blanc. Yes. So these are these are the options that we can vote for. Yes. And Jamie and I haven't voted yet. No, we're we haven't even shared this. our thoughts. No, we're going to do this simultaneously and see what we choose. Dude, refresh your screen because mine just went to a completely different order than they were before. Oh. <gasps> mine didn't. Do you think they do that to try to throw off any sort of biases by like... Whatever comes up on top. Ooh, yes, that's a marketing thing. Oh Square my god, I love yeah. how type A you are. I'm so happy about it. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> these are the options, people. Shangri-La. Yes. Alchemy. Mm-hmm. Opal. Idol. Oh, I don't like it. White Knight. <laughs> Cloud Nine. White Tower. And bliss. And then there's a, a box where you can put other, which... There's a write-in option. I would, but I kind of feel like that's not going to win. Well, right, unless that adds... Unless it adds it to the list. I don't think that's what happens. Okay, all right. I mean, it would have to be pretty amazing for them to forego all their other thoughts. 
and dump them White for out. the one that you live. Like what? What? White out. White out. Wait. Wait. Mm. What is that called in Game of Thrones? I don't watch that. The Wall. Maybe somebody is cheering. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna vote, and then and then you're gonna vote, and then we're gonna decide, and then we're, we're gonna, gonna share. We're gonna tell each other. Okay. Okay. On. Okay. All right. All right. I voted. Hang on. How many times can you vote? Oh shoot! I don't know. Okay. On the count of three. One, two, three. Wait. Cloud nine. I, I did see. like the cloud nine. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I went for white night because I was like, oh, it's I kinda like white, but it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. But I like the cloud nine. I was not a fan of Shangri-La. Um, no, it doesn't fit. Well, now we'll just have to stay because they're bottling it. It says they're bottling it in September. So we'll have to stay tuned. Stay tuned and for see the what they chose and see if either of us voted for the winning option. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, uh, so I wanted to mention, as we transition into our next topic, yeah, into our actual, I mean, not our next topic, our topic of the day. <laughs> okay. I think, okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, as I mentioned before, like, I hit this winery mm. pretty inebriated, had several, several glasses of wine before said winery, and this was the last one. Okay. okay, how many did you visit that day? Four. Okay, so this is your fourth. And most yes. m- most wineries like close at like four thirty or five. Yeah, we started early. Okay. Yeah. So but you can usually only start at like ten. When you're staying in Portland, it's an hour just to like drive over, maybe less, forty five minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, like you get picked up at like nine thirty or whatever, and you're mm-hmm. on your way. Get some breakfast, ladies. Wow. And gentlemen. Um, but anyway, eat before you drink. So I guess what I'm as I'm transitioning into this is that the best way to taste wine? Like, is that the best way to go through wine country and really understand it? Because I mean, like, like I said. I remember this being really good. Yeah. But like, that was, I mean, I don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) That was risky. But I mean, like, I don't remember much else. (laughs) So I don't remember much else. So I, okay. I have a theory that the reason why this one stuck out to you so much was because you said it's the only rosé you had all day. You were being pushed Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir, like, the typical Pinot Noir. Right, but if I if they didn't have this wine, let's say, and they just had Pinot, would I even remember the name of the winery? I'm going to venture to say no. No. I would have had to, like, <laughs> go back to my notes or, like, did you? We went through a company. I'd have to go back through them and okay. figure out which wineries we visited. Okay. So as we kind of get into our wine country topic, I think that's an important piece right there. Is how do you how yeah. do you plan your visits and how do you really get the best experience from? I mean, I had a freaking blast. Don't get me wrong. Okay, so let's. Um, I think that we can segue in there. Let's. How? Where have you been? I have what been. What countries have you been to? And when? How long ago? And okay. who were you with? Oh wow! It's it's going to be. You guys, this is twenty questions from when, Jamie. where, <laughs> who? Okay. So seven years ago was the first time. 
that I visited Napa and I met a really good friend of mine who actually ends up introducing me to my husband. Weird. Yeah. So I met a really good friend of mine on a wine tour in Napa who I was moving to Milwaukee. She lived in Milwaukee. We became friends when we came back. And then she ends up introducing me to her husband. Yeah, it's that. I feel like that's like super fate, right? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Anyway, I went with my mom and my sister, Mm -hmm. and I met her and um, two other girls, and one of them I'm good friends with, Mm -hmm. too, as well, uh, in a a limo wine tour in Napa. Mm -hmm. So that was visit one. Visit two to Napa was with the Napa. We went to Napa and Sonoma. And I went with the girl that I met. Really? Yes. Okay. My friend Jackie in Napa and my sister again. Okay. And when and was that? I think that time? was three or four years ago. Okay. And then last year, I went with my friend Jackie again to um, Oregon. Right. And we did a day of wine touring. Right. Um, in the Willamette Valley. Damn it. Damn it. Valley. Um, I've also been to Italy and done a little bit of wine country there. I've done a little wine country in Croatia on our honeymoon. We did some wine country there. We visited a couple wineries and then also, um, Portugal, we dabbled. We didn't actually go to the vineyards or anything, but you did wine, but we did wine. Yeah. We went to like a lot of like wine tasting places. So that's not really the same, Okay, you know? I wouldn't count that. Croatia, we went to the actual wineries yeah. and all that. It's, the vineyards were right there yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, and Italy, like, we went to a couple places that grew their own wine. So, okay. But, but geared not towards officially. just wine. It's like Napa. Okay. Yeah. What about you? So, technically, my first trip to a wine country was when I studied abroad in 2006. Six. So 12 years ago. Australia, yeah. So I actually went twice. Once I went with like um, one of my friends from college who was also studying abroad, albeit in a different part of uh, Australia, Mm -hmm. and a couple other um, people who I was actually in Melbourne with. And then Mm -hmm. we went to Yarra Valley, which is right outside of Melbourne. Okay. Uh, So it's the southeast corner. And then my parents came. Okay. Uh, at the end of my uh, term there. And we went to, again, Yarra Valley. So, again, 2006. We went to Yarra Valley. And then we also went to wine country near Adelaide, which is a little bit more central and a little further north than the Yarra Valley. But I don't think too much. Okay. Honest to God, I don't remember a bunch back then. That was, like, my idea of, like, great wine was, like... Yellowtail, then little penguin, <laughs> little penguin. <laughs> so it was. Um, I was. I was still very new to wine. My parents, I've mentioned before, they have introduced me to wine. They were appreciating it a lot more. I know for a fact that when we were in, I think it was somewhere in the Yarra Valley, we went to a vineyard that had hundred-year-old vines, and that blew me away. And they had a wine. So this is crazy. So we we had a wine. We tasted it from that vi- from those vines. We bought that bottle. By we, I mean my parents. We brought it home. We don't remember drinking it. 
It's gone? They cannot find it. Oh my goodness They're gracious. They're like, were we drunk and we opened this for somebody? It's possible. It is. It's very possible. I, I feel like I've done that myself. Opened bottles unintentionally with other people when I was imagining drinking them with said with another group of people. I'm trying to think if I've done that. I don't know if I've done that, but. I think I have. I could see it happening for sure. But usually it's been with like a bottle that I could like rebuy. Right. Exactly. Because I don't, because aside from that and aside from going to like Missouri, I did go to wine country in Missouri. No, let's, let's be honest about that. Let's be honest. Well, I went, yeah, let's be honest because I went, uh, for graduation, uh, my college actually took a senior trip and bust us out there. Not a fan. No, I mean, my sister lives in St. Louis. Uh, but I am not a fan of most of their wines. Yeah. They have Claret, which is like some thing that they used to drink like back in like royalty and shit. And people preferred that. But that to me is people not also like real pissed, wine. People also pissed in the ground. I mean, in like holes in the ground. <laughs> people I mean, still do. <laughs> but I'm just saying, not anyway, royalty. Royalty's not, not doing that. So I'm just yes. saying perspective perspective people yeah so so I went there and again that was like right after Australia and then um and then I just went to Napa okay a few weeks ago I just went to Napa so I had felt so deprived until that point let's talk about what were your positives about the experience and that things that you would recommend to our listeners if they have never been and they're trying to plan a trip to go to wine country versus some of the negatives. But let's start with the positives. I'll tell you my positives and kind of go from there. I, okay, so because Napa is truly like a design. It was a, it's huge, but it was also a very designed specifically with the purpose, thank you, of drinking wine. Right. Like it wasn't a trip about anything else. It was specifically to drink wine. I did some research. I looked up, you know, like top you know, wineries to visit in Napa and Sonoma. Cause at the time we were kind of debating going across both, but uh-huh. again, like you said, Sonoma and Napa are just so vast in and of themselves that it's like, I just didn't want to be driving literally all over the place or transporting myself all over the it's place. It's like 45 minutes between each other. It is, but there's all, I mean, even spanning like from like where we stayed in Napa at the south end to like going further north, mm-hmm. that in and of itself is also like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Not to mention crossing over to Sonoma and then going up. So anyway, um, we focused on Napa, but I know I looked up a lot of lists. Um, I, you know, I asked for people's recommendations. I'd sort of like stored away like some thoughts in my head. I know I asked Casey for some, mm-hmm. uh, when we interviewed him, um, and then I, you know, asked my mom and the thing is, and I will say this because I do think that had my mom not, cause I went on this trip with my mom. It was just the two of us. A blast. It was so fun, but she'd gone before. And I said, you know, she's like, Oh, well we went to so-and-so and so-and-so. And I was like, oh, well, like we don't have to go back. And I, I didn't want her to have to repeat anything on my account. Because Not there are so many. so many vineyards. Like, why would you? Well, that's the thing. She's like, this place was really, really good. I was like, I appreciate that. And I, I will definitely right. store this away and I'll try it another time. But right. I don't want to make you, this is another opportunity for even her to go visit, mm-hmm. try things. And I can't imagine why people would ever go 
and only go to the same places. Like there's so much there that it's like, why would you limit yourself? Right. So that's one thing I was like, mom, we're not going any place that you've gone before. And she'd gone to some pretty like, uh, Chateau Montalena, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, which is judgment of Paris and stuff like that. But very popular wineries, mom, uh, sparkling, um, a couple other things. And so I was like, let's not do that. We're going to, we're, I'm going to here, here's my list. So I sent her a list of like 20 places I was considering. Then I had asked for recommendations. And then, um, I know my sister-in-law had actually shared some recommendations too. And I was also trying to think in terms of proximity, like what's going to be relatively close Mm -hmm. because I heard that driving, Transportation from one vineyard to another vineyard, even though it seems close, it's is not, not close. It's not. <laughs> I debate because I actually, it's not. Maybe I chalk it up to like our decent planning about it, but like I think we did okay, and we intentionally planned things based on like the route we wanted to take. So we like backtracked or whatever, or we didn't backtrack. It was all like in progression. I think we did some good planning. Um, one thing that I will say for nobody who's been there before, I would just so you kind of get your bearings, take a tour. So did you guys drive yourselves around or, um, we drove ourselves on two of the days. Okay. And on the very first full day that we had in Napa, we ended up taking a trolley tour. It was a Napa Valley trolley tour. Yeah. I heard about those. Oh my God. It was so cool. Uh, our guy, our tour guide was like, it was a second day on the job, like literally on the job. He'd been going through training and Uh stuff. And he's like, I don't even really know like this route. He's like, so I apologize, but like, I don't know everything that like to say about this. Right. New. He was still, he was so phenomenal. I would highly recommend this, this trip because you're in like an open air, like San Francisco trolley, but the best thing about it is that we're outward facing. Mm-hmm. Now, I I don't know how it is in like a, a limo or like a, a, you know, if you're like in a van or something like that. But like, I liked being outward facing because then you're legitimately staring at and looking at everything going by you. You're not looking at the people across from you or the person right. next to you really. Or you can, but I, it was so great because then the I got to see the vineyards, yeah. to get proximity to be like, oh, there's Mandavi or mm-hmm. like, oh, there's... um. Oh my God! Who did we who did we go by? Sebastiani and like Visitui mm-hmm. um, and like things like that. And it was like it was so cool. And I was like, huh? I was like, I thought that this would be so far away, but it's not. Like it was great. Uh, so I would highly recommend that. Okay. And I know. And again, we drove ourselves like the other two days. So were you DD? I was a driver, (laughs) but here's what happened. So my, like one thing, and I never would have thought of this, but like when you go in for a tasting, you know, you can, each person's like kind of supposed to buy their own tasting, right? But you can split a tasting. Okay. Okay. So like my mom and I, in a couple places, we just went in, we're like, we're just going to buy a tasting and we'll just share the glass. It's not a big deal. They usually pour, I wouldn't say it's like like a regular size glass, it's still a tasting, but it's not just like a one ounce pour. Like you right. get a decent, so you can get like maybe four or five sips, something like that. Um, so we split them. So that sort of a brought down the cost, but also let us, um, made us not as intoxicated. Ah, okay. that is a good tip. Yeah. 
the other thing, like if you're with like two or more people and they have different types of tastings, mm-hmm. do different types of tastings. Oh yeah. If you're willing to share with somebody, Why I mean, not? It, because then you can taste twice as many wines. Exactly. It was magical because my mom and I definitely used this to our advantage and we were like, oh, you're going to do the small lot reserve and I'll do like the most like the popular ones or something. Because you want to know like what they're known for. Yeah. But also I think it's important to do the small lot because it's the rare version. And if you want to buy anything. Of course. That's what you want to buy. That's what you want to buy. You're not going to get it anywhere else. Yeah. Right. So those are, I'd say those are my two biggest takeaways. And also, I'm not sure that you can really, really go wrong. Because. No. Yeah. Uh, No. (laughs) Wait, I feel like. No, I was just thinking, I have, can you go around? I have several anecdotes from Napa. Um, so the first time I went, we did the limo tour. Well, no, the first day we, some, I don't even remember how we got to the first winery, but we decided to walk from winery to winery. Shut up. Yeah. You can bike. I know they do bike. I I am going to get to that. Oh, so. (laughs) So we were walking, yes. but like you're walking on the side of the road it and it's is, like dangerous. Listen, like, it's like 50 miles an hour. Not to mention the fact that people have probably been drinking yeah. and they are probably not paying attention. You're going to no. get run the fuck over. Indeed. Indeed. I would never do that. We oh did because we didn't know. And I you was and with your my mom. mom and my sister and we oh. did it. And I remember ending up at the very end at St. Supery Winery. <gasps> And somehow becoming a member of their Moscato. Why wine? in God's name would you do that, Sarah? <laughs> I'm judging you so, so much, much right now because I was super drunk, and uh, they Wait. offered me some deal. I don't remember. I walked in. So at this point, we've called a taxi. Oh, that's good. To get back to the hotel, this is pre Uber. Okay. And I have wa- I walk into the taxi with three bottles of Moscato, and I'm like, because you know you can you take wine home, right? I was like, we're not taking this shit home. Like we're gonna drink this here, because Moscato. I don't know. What's wrong with you? I don't remember. It was bad. So, I'm so sorry. I know some people really like sweet wines. I don't mean to judge that much, but it's if super Sarah sweet. ever came to me and said I want to drink a Moscato with you you would probably take my temperature and make sure that I wasn't hallucinating I'd probably admit her I mean yeah. I yeah yeah no. okay so anyways <laughs> I would not recommend trying to walk from winery to winery because it's that literally so not dangerous. a good idea it's so dangerous also don't bike from winery to winery if you're not on a bike trail that's what I learned on my second trip when we decided you yeah. really did that? Yeah. So my sister and my friend and I and her friend, so four of us, four okay. girls, we rented four bikes, like shitty bikes. Like those helmets were shit. Like at least the whole you, bike setup. Was I mean, shit. I'm just going to say at least you had a helmet. And we were in Sonoma this time. Okay. And we were like, okay, we're going to bike through wine country. There's all these bike tours, but they're so expensive. And we had students, like a couple of the girls were students. Uh-huh. So we're like, well, we'll just, we'll just rent our own bikes for 20 bucks and do it ourselves. So we decided to bike. Oh my gosh. On the side of the roads. These roads, people, are curvy. Yes. You can't see cars coming. 
All right. And so I became, the, the, we've had no wine at this point. We're just trying to get to a wine. You're like, what the hell did we sign up for? I became <laughs> mom and I was like, I looked at them and I'm like, girls, this is, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful, but it, you're so nervous that you're going to get plowed I'm gonna down. Ask you, okay, wait, wait, wait. I have, do you have another question? Mm-hmm. What time of year did you go? Uh, for this bike summer, walk? summer. It was summer. It gets actually really hot. There. Yeah. No, it was hot. I mean, like, yeah. I'm surprised. Like, it gets hot. Yeah. And I can't even imagine. I got hot on the trolley. Yeah. If you're trying to crank it and not get killed. Listen, we had <laughs> more major concerns than temperature at that point. I understand. I understand. So, like, I, like, was the mom of the group. I turned around and I'm like, girls, we got to go back. Like, we're... <laughs> I'll drive. Like, we cannot do this. Like, someone, like, someone's, we're going to the hospital. Like, this is just not. And then you I'm don't like. don't want to do that. Well, then I'm like, okay, we might be able to get to a place. Yes. But how the fuck are we going to get back after drinking no, wine and I'm driving gonna, and gonna trying to cab and be like, hey, I have four bikes and four people. Can you fit us? Like, how are we going to ride our bikes now downhill? down these winding roads after having wine. So that was Nick. So I advise, I think a bike tour is really cool, but you need to go with like an organized tour. You need to not rent a bike and try bike and try and do it yourself unless you know the bike trails and you like have maps of the bike trails and you're not trying so, to do it on the roads. So regardless of the cost, regardless of the cost, you'd still... Oh yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. Pay the whatever one fifty, and do it versus it's like, worthwhile. Yeah, because then you're not on the roads and you're like it's it's just not. Yeah. Well, and again, I think like your first day out there, you still like don't really know like a whole ton about the area. Yeah, I mean, granted, we hadn't been to uh, Sonoma before, but like it wasn't my first rodeo at that. But if point. it was your first day back. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. for people who go there on a yearly basis or yeah. twice a year or whatever, like I'm sure that it's much easier. <laughs> yeah. And so the second, the second nights of both my trips, we did this limo wine tour Yeah, and I would highly recommend that. And I agree with you in the fact that like, you can't really see anything and that kind of does suck. However, like they took us to some wineries that I don't think I would have been able to find on my own. Not to mention you met a friend. Right. Who has become a legitimate friend. Yes. I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. She just met her husband's like big time. That's amazing. I don't think that that's common, but he took us to like wineries like Via Dare, like things that we wouldn't have been (gasps) able to get to on our own. Yeah. It was amazing. So, like, he kind of had, they kind of had the in on these little, like, smaller, more boutique wineries. How, do you remember the, I mean, actually, we'll try to find out if we have, like, tour company recommendations. Maybe we can put that in the episode Yeah, so, when I went to Oregon, I do remember the tour company we used. And so, for Oregon, we only, I only did one day of wine touring. Oh, okay. And we used a great Oregon wine tour. Okay. And I thought that it was good in the sense, they took a bus, it wasn't a limo, we did a bus, like a bus. Um, So, bigger group of people. Way bigger group of people. We ended up hanging out with them all day, just like I did my first like obviously how I met my friend, we hang, we hung out and like all went to dinner. Um, 
it's cool again because like if you really don't know the lay of the land and if yeah. you really are just trying to get a good taste of it like you get four or five wineries in a package and like mm-hmm. you know you have to take that with a grain of salt in the sense that, like, maybe they're biased and who they're taking you to because mm-hmm. they get kickbacks. Right, I don't right, know. Right. We I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. You know, but I did try some really good wines, you know, and yeah. I, I went to some really good wineries. So I don't feel gypped in on any point in that. So I would recommend doing an organized wine tour. Now, at least one of the days that you're there. Absolutely. And we talk about, like, how do you not? How do you how do you not get so inebriated? To be uh, honest, I I feel they, like if you're going to four or five wineries, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Like there's no way that you can space out five wineries enough so that you can like yeah. not be intoxicated. Like so intoxicated. I yeah, that's actually so. That by one, the way, you're not really eating. Like, no. Although, wait, on we had a tours, did you have a lunch? Yes, we had a picnic lunch. Okay. But it's not that much food. I mean, like, at least the ones we went to. And it yeah. was good. Yeah. But you're getting, like, I, I do remember sitting outside and the bees being insane, like, attacking our food. But Oh, that's like me and the flies. Like a salad and a sandwich and, like, which is great. That's sustainable. That sustains you for sure. It's nothing heavy. Bring snacks. Right. It's nothing heavy <laughs> where you're, like... Like, you better, A, eat breakfast. They're picking you up in the morning for these yeah. day-long things. Definitely eat breakfast. Yeah. Because oh I'm, sure. I'm not a breakfast person. I know you're not. And B, like, I mean, you can take snacks. Because even if they feed you lunch. You're going to want them. At 4 p.m. Yeah. When you're winding down. Even. You better need something. And eat. even yeah. though, like, some, like, these winers, they all, I think they all typically have, you know, like, wine crackers or, like, yeah. breadsticks or something. But that's no. just not, like, designed no. to fill you up. Like, that's just, like, meant to, like, if you cleanse need to, your like, palate. cleanse your Exactly. Exactly. But so. Yeah. You know, that's one thing. I, we didn't, or we did, we did make sure that we ate. And we actually, I will say this, like, we didn't know too much about the foods. And sure, everyone's like, French laundry. And I was like, oh, yeah. that. Like, I'm not going to go there. I'm not spending that money. Yeah. Please. Like, we can have much more relaxed, still amazing food elsewhere. So we just... There's good food everywhere. My mom and I just asked for recommendations. So with the whole inebriation thing, mm. here's here was my takeaway from, like, legitimate Napa first-time visit. Okay. We went to three wineries. So I went... To, my mom and I went to one winery the first day as we were driving into Napa. So we did the tour, the trolley tour the second day. We went to three vineyards... Oh, hold the phone. We actually went to four. So we did three because on our tour. And then you mentioned inebriation. Sure. Yep. And we, when we got back from the tour, we went to this, like, it was like at V Marketplace in Yountville. And so we were like walking through these little shops, amazing shops, art shops, clothing shops, whatever. We were in this one and we were like talking to the owner and he goes, oh, I have a friend that has a winery. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you want to go? And I was like, thinking about Friday of our uh-huh. trip, like two days later, we had no, literally nothing planned. We kept it open. And so he calls up this guy. He's like, I have two girls who can come here. Oh, they can come at 530 today? Oh, okay. Can you be there at 530? And we were like, sure. Because we thought, we were like, this is like a trip of yes. Like, let's do yeah. it. And so we ended up going to four. 
We drink a lot of wine with that wine owner, winery owner. It's so cool, though. It was the most amazing experience. I don't ever. think that I actually. And he's only word of mouth. You can't find his That's stuff saying. anywhere. It's I don't amazing. think I've actually drank wine in Napa. The wine, the actual wine. That's not. Happening. We were in his fucking house. That's amazing. Yes, it was so wonderful. I dude. And this guy gave us Napa a jackpot. Napa fucking jackpot. And this guy gave me a special bottle for my first anniversary with my husband. So you know, it was like really nice for free. Both free. For free. For free. That's so amazing. anyway, it was wonderful. Um, so we did four. But then we got home and we were like, shit. That was a doozy of a day. Oh, and yeah. then we still had a glass of wine at dinner at 10 o'clock at night. And that shit put me over the edge. I was just like, mom, I have to go to bed. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't think she's ever seen me like that before. So... I will say that I act... Oh, the next day we went to, ironically enough, the first stop was one of the wine clubs I joined. Okay. Um, Because I did join two. But I will say that I also... I think that for... I got a little wined out. Which is sacrilegious to say, but I actually feel like I got a little wined out on the trip. And I think it was because I was thinking so intensely. How, How many days did you go for? Uh, we technically had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just three days really of like wine stuff. Yeah. It, I feel like you can like, yes, there is so much to see, but I think it's really hard to dedicate like all that time to true wine tasting exactly. for uh, several days. I mean, I think two days is good. Yeah. I was thinking about it very intently, like while we were out there yeah. and like, I think probably overanalyzing a lot of things that most people yeah. probably don't. I mean, I heard that I overheard this one woman talking about how she's like, "Oh, we're only here for a, sh- a short while," and the guy's like, "Oh, how long?" She goes, "Oh, only two weeks." Oh my god, Sarah! I just like stopped. I was like, "What?" Like you better be doing like two wineries a day. Well, that's the thing. We did two wineries on the last on the second two days that we had, and it was like perfect because we split it out. So we did like one in the morning. Had lunch, yeah. did one in the afternoon, and it was like, it was it was so great because I think we could like have it in the morning after some breakfast, talk about it, have lunch, get you know get like a re- like a refresher almost, right? Exactly. Because otherwise it was just like wine after wine after wine, and then you forget. Unless, you forget unless you have a Pinot Noir rosé, and then you and just, that's the most memorable. Yeah, you bring well, it home. Hey, this hey. is some memorable shit. Hell yeah! But. I will say too, though, I think that we should be careful. Like I would caution to be careful about putting, try to pile in too much because I feel like you won't really take away as much as you possibly could if you can appreciate it. I totally agree with that. I will say that one of the places we went that was not part of our wine tour was the Cake Bread Mm. Winery in Napa. My parents really like that. We did the food pairing with it. (gasps) Oh! And that was really cool because that was memorable because you have this, you're sitting at this table yeah. and you have this food pairing with this wine and it was like super memorable. Also, one of the guys there had a crush on my mom. <laughs> Just like. I feel like everywhere your mom goes, people have crushes semi- on Semi-weird. Like, it's cute. You know, it's She's cute. so cute. You yeah. can't not have a crush on right. her. I mean, I have a little crush on her too. But that's what led me up to the Moscato situation. Oh, okay. Anyways, it was really great because like. I specifically remember everything about that because you do this like food and wine 
pairing so, and tasting yeah. and you're sitting down and it's, it's super, I mean, we had obviously paid more, you know, but well, I was going to ask really you about cool. this. So we planned yes, it. You obviously pay more and, and you it was have to plan. You, you have, have to, to plan it. that yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, how many places did you go that you did stuff like that? Like, did you, cause I know you have to pay for tastings, right? And they can range anywhere. I mean, I would generally say it seemed to me for our trip was like anywhere from like 20 plus. Yeah. And honestly, they can range. And well, if you do pairings, that's The different. one thing about those limo tours too is sometimes they get the tastings waived. True. And our, I, if, oh, I'm trying to remember now. I know that like on our, our trolley one, like the one that we chose, we did this Castel di Amorosa first and that tasting was included because we got a full on hour and a half long tour, which yeah. is amazing. If you ever go to Castello di Amorosa, do the full on tasting and the tour. Cause it was, it's the coolest fucking thing. Um, lots of little tidbits there, but did you, how often did you do that? Because we thought like, I, I wanted to do the tour more like to get like different senses. So if I knew they had different wine making styles or like they did sparklings versus like still wines, yeah. like, I kind of wanted to hear a little bit more detail. How, how did you, how it wasn't, many of those other it, tours it did wasn't you do? often. No. Like okay. honestly, like we did, I mean, obviously we did the, the, the limo the tours yeah. stuff, and like they gave us ideas of where we would want to, um, like, Oh, are you interested in this and this, this, and we can yeah. spit it out there. But cause some have caves that you can go down and it's yes, like, yes. However, um, the only one we really planned like that was the cake was bread. cake bread. Now I will say that when we were in Croatia, yeah, we had watched Anthony Bourdain and saw his mm-hmm. show on Croatia and saw that he went to Bibich Winery, and we were like, we have to find Bibich Winery, and we did. We went, and it was hard to find. It was up in the mountains. It was like lost on MapQuest. It was not easy <laughs> to find, and we found it. And like help somebody yes. take me there. And we d- we did lose out in the sense that like they do have planned tours and we weren't there for one. Uh, okay. Um, but we did get to try their wines in their wine tasting room and we bought some and it was wonderful. Uh-huh. However, the better experience was when we were driving away from Bibbage Winery and we were, I don't know, five miles out trying to find our yeah. way to the highway because we we're like in the mountains and we came upon this little winery called Slottich Winery, and it was just basically like a barrel, and it said Slottich on it. <laughs> and we were like, what's that? Let's stop. And we stopped, and it was harvest day. <gasps> really? It was harvest day. And we had no idea what was going on. We walk into like the backyard of what looks like, like, I mean, it's like coming out of these pictures where you have like the onions hanging, yes. and like the gardens. Yeah. I mean, like... Literally, you're like, is that what Adam's Italian to do in the back here or what? I mean, I don't think he can replicate no. <laughs> that, but I mean, it was pretty damn amazing. Yeah. And we're walking around, we don't find anyone and we're like, okay. And then we see this guy running in and he's like, oh, it's harvest day. And we're like, oh shit, maybe we should go, you know? No, he sat there and tasted all his wines with us, which were super affordable. And like, like what equivalent? Like, like $13. <gasps> really? Oh yeah. And you're like on the property drinking it with the winemaker. You're drinking it with the winemaker. You did exactly what my mom In and I his did. like backyard. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And he was saying how, like, he's just getting into the United States market and da-da-da. And, you know, the wine was really good. I mean, it was really good. It's different from a lot. They're different varietals, right? right? I mean, it's similar to, like, what Mm -hmm. we talked about with the... But the experience. The experience is much more memorable. Yes. Bibich Bibich is great wine. Holy shit. I don't think I've ever had it. It's probably not. Have you seen it here? No, no? I haven't. Okay. I have some bottles here at home. But... um, You and Adam keep those. Yes. Those are like special anniversary vibes. Anyway. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is that like it was a cool experience. It was really good going to Bibich and like seeing it and the wine was I'm planning stuff out. Yeah. However, the experience with Slottish was just like... It's not this well-known, but it was so cool. Do you think that it's because it was, like, such a random... Like, it's almost like a... It's almost... I mean, it's almost like you need a jacket, right? So, it's just like... Yeah. You, like, stumble upon shit, and you're just like... You have the option to say yes or to say no. And you it's like always a choose say your yes. own adventure. Always say always yes. Always say yes. Go with it, you know? Yeah. And it was just... It was so cool to just be like, oh, okay, well, like... Oh, we see a barrel. Let's stop. Like, you could just have driven by that. Easily. Yes. And we're like, oh, let's stop. What is that? Let's go. Let's go ask someone, you know? Yeah. No one was there. And then we're like wandering around and then, you know, someone shows up and we're like, oh, hey, okay. That's probably less of a scenario. It's going to happen in the States. I was just going to say, it's just not happening in Napa or No, it's not. Maybe New York, but I mean, every wine country has a different way of approaching it. Yeah. And, you know, like I haven't been to Burgundy, but my brother has. And like, he talks about how like they had to like beg people knock on doors to get tastings in. so we're not gonna talk about that right now but i mean like oh, i want to hear about that. every wine country you go to is a different experience it's a different approach and yeah. i think you kind of have to do a little research for sure but like be open to experiences and opportunities oh yeah like plan something you know, so like if you know that you want certain information i wouldn't plan everything don't plan i agree totally agree because that's how we kind of that's how I joined my mm-hmm. second wine club mm-hmm. like I that's where I got that Zinfandel for yep. you like it was because it was just like a okay like what do we feel like doing and like as the week progressed we were just like mm, let's you know what let's try this or whatever because you get more grounded in the first few days yes. you know what's happening and you also Your feet hear are wet you also hear from people who are on like exactly. who you've met across yes. the way because I'm going to say, I don't know if it's the alcohol flowing or what, but like people at wine country are just so fucking nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether they're associated with a vineyard or just other, you know, visitors, they are more than happy to like share like their own recommendations. They'll be like, oh, this place is awesome for lunch. Or like, oh, you should get like this salad here. Or, oh, you should go try this Chardonnay here if you yeah. like shards or whatever it is. And it's like... They, I mean, sure, we can read all of the books that we want, but as you said before, there's a little bit of question as to, you know, how, how many of these travel books or websites or whatever, like have like certain sort of kickbacks or affiliations with, you know, different vineyards and places like that. And I do, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I do want to support the underdog. Like I know the big names. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I do want to support the underdog, even though I know the big names, like, some big names have like great wines that I really want to try. I'm just like, I kind of want to do all of the above. Yeah, and I think you should. I think you should do like one from here, one from there. And some of the nice things about doing some some of these like little like limo wine tours is that they do get inns in like certain yeah, places. Right. 
However, like you said, like we could have kickbacks. I don't know. But I mean, I was introduced to some places I don't think I'd find on my own. Which like is like utopia. Yeah. Which is awesome. Had it not been through that. So for sure. And I agree. Do you have a recommendation about like a time of year to go? Like, cause you said you've gone during the summer. For I've a gone in the times. summer and for California mm-hmm. and the fall. So in the fall for Oregon, I don't really know. Yeah. Other, how it is in other seasons. I would say that it was really cool to go in both. And I probably wouldn't plan on going in the winter just because. I mean, you probably get cheaper rates, right? True. And there, but there's not a lot of activity. So no. the one thing that I noticed is that it seemed in the wineries in Napa, at least, and this is probably, you know, sort of across the board for the U S at least, but it's going to be, there's not as much activity. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find cheaper rates for like hotels and stuff like that. Maybe tours. I don't know. Um, but there's also shorter hours for visiting okay. wineries. It seemed that they sort of opened a little earlier and stayed open a little bit later in the summer. And so you have a, I would a say though, window. places like Oregon and, and Washington probably uh-huh. don't have great weather in the winter. Oh, that's, either. that's actually a great point. Yeah. I mean, California so consider, might, but yeah. So, I mean, considering like where you want to go, cause Missouri has wine country. Texas has wine country. Uh-huh. Actually, pretty big wine country, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, Michigan uh, is wine country. Michigan. It's my home state. Uh, New York. I actually am intrigued by New York, although I think it's mostly Rieslings. But uh-huh. look into stuff. Like, take recommendations. Like, if you... if I mean, I would say if you can find other podcasts that talk about specific regions. Like, oh, yeah. Take a listen. See if they, you know, spark any ideas We'll get there, you. people. We will. And if you have questions or your own recommendations, we always, always always want to hear them. We want to hear from our listeners for sure. Yeah. But so I'm trying to think, um, you know, what do you have out of, I know that this wine, this utopia Pinot Noir Rosé was one of your favorites on that trip. Do you have, do you have like a couple other favorites Uh, from the Oregon trip from Okay, Alexana in Oregon was amazing, (gasps) and I know we're going to do... We are going to do an episode on that, and a different spin that you listeners will have to to, to stay tuned to find out. Um, They had some amazing wine. Like I said, Viadere in Napa was one of my favorites. Um, Cake bread was amazing. Cake bread's more of a common, commonly known name, and, you know, more out there. Slightly more expensive. Slightly more expensive. I mean, Via Dare is not cheap either. No. I mm-hmm. actually still have a bottle from. Do you? From seven years ago. Yeah, I still You've have. You've been aging that shit? Yeah. Oh, I am Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I am so impressed. Yeah, and moved how many places with it. So. Oh, shit. Yeah, I do still have a bottle of Via Dare. I thought that that was an amazing winery. It was up in the. Like you, the views from I've heard they're amazing. They're amazing. You're like up in the hills. You're in the mountains, of Napa. right? Isn't kind it like of, Hell yeah. Mountain area? Yeah, it's mountainous. It's yes. not. I don't say it's mountains, but it's mountainous. Yes. Um, and you can see like the valley, and it's yeah. super cool. Very cool place. Um, yeah, you know those are uh, Jessup. Jessup What's is Jessup? really good. It's a boutique winery as well. Um, also very good. Um, again, something we couldn't have found without our friendly tour guides, 
That's but, awesome. Um, yeah, no, I would cake bread and be a dare. I mean, I thought that they both were yeah. great. And in terms of Oregon, I mean, Alexana, and like I said, we'll we'll get there with our podcast. But good wine. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. What about you? I, honestly, I mean, I would say the the. Castello di Amorosa is really good. In fact, uh-huh. I just, I went there. I did not join a club, but I, I did end up, I just ordered a case of wine from there um, because it, it is, it is really good. And mm-hmm. as I've said before, I don't like sweet wines. There was this one and the guy, even before he poured it, he was like, this would be good over ice cream. And I was like, sold. I want that. <laughs> but I would say overall, and we talked about Merlot before, they had a stunning uh-huh. Merlot. I ordered four bottles. Oh, wow. So we'll have one. But Castello di Amorosa, it's such a unique experience. You cannot order, you cannot get it anywhere else. You have to order direct mm-hmm. from there. And then similarly, Silverado, which is for those who oh, wow. don't want to went there. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like, it's affiliated with Disney. It's yeah. like Walt Disney's daughter. Right. Actually. And her husband. Which is crazy. Um, started it. It's so, first of all, it's so cool. Cause they have like weird, like t- tiny little Easter eggs, there? if you will. No, but, uh, there's some other really cool stuff that they have going okay. on there. But, um, we, we did a private tasting with them. We did a tour with them. Great space. Super, super friendly people. But their wines are just so, they're just so unique. And the Chardonnay was unbelievable. It was unoaked. It was like the most crystal clear, like just felt wonderful in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I had to have more of it. But everything that I tasted across them and they, they're ones where I know I mentioned a bit earlier today about how, you know, you can do like the estate varietal. Or you can do like across like the all of the properties varietal, right? And we had actually tasted a couple of their cabs, and it's it's interesting to compare the two side by side. Both awesome, but you know, unique in their own way. Um, and Buena Vista is like a it's I loved I'm it. So excited to try it. Did I tell you? I told you about the Wollersheim. No. So, okay, so the guy who founded Buena Vista, which is oh. touted as one of the oldest wineries, in fact, like the oldest, like fully operating winery in, uh, actually, technically it's Sonoma because it's right in between the two. Um, the guy, he's a Hungarian uh, count. Agonofsky. A count? His name is Count Aganovsky. Shut the or something. Up. I swear to God. They, oh my God! Can someone at call me Count. At least he's referred to as the Count. Shut up yes. with that right now. Yes, but like if I walked in and someone's like, "This is Count So and So," I'd be like, "Are you shitting me Fuck, with that?" I wish I remembered how to pronounce his name. Oh like, my properly. God! I we were talking. We had this tasting, and this is one where my mom and I split the tasting. And we have this wonderful human being. Um, I can't. I don't know his name. <laughs> But uh, he sent me a postcard afterwards, but he oh. was so sweet. And he was describing this and he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, he came from Hungary. Um, but actually before he came to this area, to California, he actually stopped in Wisconsin. I was like, shut up. I live in Wisconsin. He's like, yeah, Wollersheim. And I was like, shut up. I was like, Wollersheim is actually a very common Wisconsin Wine. winemaker. Yeah. I just went to Madison the other day and I considered just 
taking a detour and going to Wilshire. Yeah. But I figured we could maybe do that trip ourselves. So it was just a unique, like, sort of connection. I so thought. did he? What did? He, what was his involvement? He started it. Oh shit! Yeah, he founded Wollersheim, and then he was like, "Oh, there's only so much I can do right here with because these our grapes, grapes in the suck climate, in Wisconsin. Right? Yeah. They're different grapes. You can't yeah. use the same grapes. Nope. So he decided to go further west, and then founded Buena, v- Buena Vista. Excuse me, I always say Vista, but it's Buena Vista, and uh, they have so many varietals. But honestly. Talking about Pinot Noir, they have an amazing Pinot Noir. They have actually we tasted three of them, so good. Um, Petite Syrah. They have this. Uh, there's just so I. There wasn't a bad wine that we tasted there. And normally there's usually like two, maybe like two of five or something. We're like, mm, I don't know. Uh, hands down, everything I enjoyed, and I was like, okay. Yeah, this one's a good one. So you're like, you know what you're doing, sir. I do. Count. They do. Not Fine do. count. Fine count. Ugh. A bunch of crystal. No, I'm kidding. Oh. So anyway, I, I can't wait to go to more wine countries. To be it's honest. amazing. I there is like, it's really hard for me because I just want to plan more trips. Me too. So maybe Seattle. Maybe uh, Washington Winery. I want to do that shit. Yeah, I want to do that shit. Walla walla. Walla walla. Walla 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 walla. Yeah. Walla, walla, so, walla, walla. With that, honestly, send us recommendations. We will plan. We yeah. are going to DBG, DB, DBP will travel for wine. Hell yeah, we will. Hashtag travel for Are you for kidding wine. me? Hashtag travel for wine. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hashtag DBP on the road. Hashtag quit my job, travel for wine. <laughs> DBP <laughs> travels. Indeed. <laughs> so we thank you for listening. We hope to hear from you all soon and your own recommendations and your wine travels. And we'll talk to you next time. Next time. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at DBP Cheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.